you think that people are going to be pissy if you pitch in all of your emails. I pitch in every email that I send out. I don't really send out any sort of hard content whatsoever. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with Nick Quick. Nick, uh, we met on Facebook, and uh, instead of email this time, we started chatting. He's in Medellin, Colombia, which is where I am right now. Started chatting about email. Turns out Nick has an email marketing business uh, with, uh, you know, he's living a life here in Colombia, and uh, I thought we'd get him on the show to have a chat, bit, bit of a chat about his process, about how he gets clients and how he writes his emails. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Nick, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. Excited to be here. Uh, let's talk some email, huh? Let's do it, man. All right. So before we get into the... Uh, Exact process, though. Can you give the listener just a background on who you are and what you do, a bit about your story? Yeah, exactly. Um, I started marketing about 10 years ago, and it was back in a time when I really didn't have any business being in online marketing. I just knew that I hated my day job and decided to start something different. And for a long time, I was just falling flat on my ass, basically. I was just striking out left and right until I discovered the power of email marketing. And once I was able to harness that power, that was when I was able to really kind of hit my full stride and start really making some sales and was able to get to a point where I was able to be not worried about paying all my bills and all that. I got to a point where money was just flowing in. And it was about that point that people in the niche that I had chosen were starting to pay attention to my emails. They're like, holy crap, those are some pretty uh, – interesting emails. You're doing this in a very different style. You're doing this in a very different way. And so uh, some other people asked me to start writing some of their emails for them. And then that kind of translated into me finding some people that were sending a lot of traffic, but weren't really capitalizing on their emails. I approached them and asked them if I could do their email marketing for them. They said yes. And then I just started taking clients from then on. And so it's been, it's been a kind of a wild adventure of finding different ways to make people buy some of the craziest stuff. Uh, but people, they love buying. They love uh, email marketing done right. They love uh, to buy. Oh, that's true, man. It's, it's, that's email for you. It's interesting. I'm curious, how did you, one thing that stands out there in that story is like when you decided that you're going to go get some more clients, how did you go and find the people who were driving a whole lot of traffic but weren't sending emails? Um, I started asking people that knew uh, they're usually like the, your super affiliate type people, the people that nobody really knows who they are. But I started just kind of asking around, trying to figure out. I knew one guy. Now, don't judge here. He was a spammer, but <laughs> he also was collecting a lot of leads and just emailing them. But he was emailing just garbage. So I approached him to start off with like, listen, you're sending out crap. You're sending out millions of emails that are horrible. Why not uh, have me write them for you and we'll split the profits? And, you know, he was hesitant at first. It sounded like, no, it's fine. But I'm like, just try it out a few emails and see what happens. And just after a couple of emails, he's like, all right, this is good. Let's keep this going. So it's kind of how you do it. You kind of just ask around looking for people who know traffic guys. Because one thing that I've noticed is that most guys who are really good at traffic are terrible at copy. 
and vice versa. Those who are really good at copy are typically terrible at traffic. So um, it's, it's good to find those kind of ways that you can meet up where one can do the one side of the business and the other can do the other side of the business. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you mentioned, I think, when we first started chatting that you hate autoresponders. So we've got an email guy right here who, who hates autoresponders. So tell me about that. It's not that I hate autoresponders. I just don't find them as effective as just writing fresh daily emails. I don't find it as much fun either to sit down and write an autoresponder sequence. I find it much more satisfying to come up with daily creative stuff. I don't know. I guess it stretches my uh, thinking muscles a little bit more, flexes them a bit, if you will, <laughs> to come up with something new, some exciting new way to pitch the same product that I'm pitching every day to that list. Um, so I think it's just, I think it gives me more of a creative outlet than an autoresponder that you kind of set and forget. And I also think in a lot of ways, I mean, I do have a lot of autoresponder sequences that are in my, um, series or in my system, but the bulk of the work is done from my fresh daily emails, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I do want to get them excited to open my emails. So there's an autoresponder series for that. I do want to get them excited about the product they just bought and hopefully, you know, push them towards another product. So I'll have an autoresponder series for that. I want to get people off my list that aren't opening. So I have a series for that. But other than that, it's just fresh daily emails. Nice. A bit like Ben Settle then. Yeah, a lot like Ben Settle. In fact, he's probably my number one influence on being able to learn the craft of, of email marketing. I'd probably learn more from him than just about anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So tell me about the, let's talk about this process that you follow. Cause you mentioned a few times you get this process that you follow for these emails, some sort of magic recipe and uh, you've got a product out that teaches people how to do it. So what, what's this process? Yeah. Um, I've got something I call the opening volley and it's just a quick sequence and it's five to seven emails that gets them excited to open the emails, gets them so that they are putting you into their priority inbox. It gets them responding to you so that, uh, I mean, I'm not teaching you anything new here, but if you can get somebody to respond back to you and you respond to them, it looks like you're having a conversation. So Google and Hotmail and all those things are going to start putting your emails into their priority inbox instead of going off into their promotions tab or, God forbid, going off into their spam box. So just things that will bait them into that things that get them excited to spread the word. Um, there's you know, several different things that you can do right off the bat that will get them excited to want to open your emails. And also, kick to the curb those who don't want to hear from you every day. I let them know right off the bat that I am probably going to be emailing you every day. And some days I might email you twice or three times a day. If you don't like that, uh, you can go ahead and get off my list. Mm. So how do you do? So, how do you do the step of getting people excited about it? Because it's it's a very easy thing to to think about. Like, but how does it actually work? We got to think about. I mean, just going back to kind of a Eugene Schwartz type thing, where it's just what's the conversation that they're having in their mind when they signed up? What is it that they just signed up for that they were excited enough to give you their email for? So they did want to hear from you. And right there is actually kind of the key mindset that you need to have. A lot of people think, well, people don't want to be emailed that much. And I say shenanigans. People do if you – they just don't want to be emailed boring stuff every day. But if you can keep it fun and exciting, yes, they do want to hear from you. So when they signed up, they were kind of showing, yes, I'm raising my hand. I want to hear from you. What have you got? So keep it fun. Keep it entertaining. And people will want to open them or they'll get off your list. Yeah. So either, either way you win. 
because there's no sense in having a list full of people that don't want to hear from you. So, how do, but how do you break that down? Like, so when, when it comes to being fun or being interesting, how do you actually get inside someone's head? Because a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah, it is one of those things where it goes into researching a lot, looking at the motivations. I think at the very core, people have the same basic motivations for everything. But I mean, take for example, let's go with the solar panels. Uh, that's a pretty dry topic, right? Mm. Pretty boring. Well, did you know that they're actually coming down in price? And that's why there's such a huge increase in the amount of solar panels that are being installed in the U.S. Why? Because China created a whole bunch of extra ones uh, that they couldn't get rid of. So now they're all, all the surplus Chinese um, are uh, exporting their solar panels over the U.S. So you can do a uh, subject line, something like Chinese invasion, watch out. And it ties into how all of these Chinese solar panels are coming and how we sh- snatch them up while we can because they're way underpriced. So uh, that was just one of the things that I, when I was doing the research for it's such a boring niche, I was able to come across is that's one of the main reasons that the prices for them have come down drastically in the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. So then that's interesting because that, that is interesting. Same thing in that, you know, like a story about China, the Chinese invasion thing, of course, someone's going to open that. Of course, a patriotic American would open that. So then, but how would you, how would you codify that? I mean, it's, it's an interesting question of like, it's easy to make examples of interesting. It's easy to describe what interesting is, but how, do you, how mm-hmm. would you, what would be like the three steps or the five steps to writing interesting emails? All right. Here's, here's what I usually do, and you can do this however you want. A lot of people will write their, their emails first, and then they'll try to come up with a subject line later. I will sometimes have an idea of what I want to accomplish, You know, whether it's I want them to go check out this sales page or I want them to um, hit reply. Figure out what it is that you want them to do first uh, at the end of it. They, you want them to go check out a sales page, for example. Okay, So that's the end goal. Then I'm going to start with the subject line. And usually what I try to do is come up with something that is either outrageous or something that's going to get people to want to open them. Now, honestly, I don't really pay attention to open rates or click-through rates. I really only pay attention to sales. But if I can get a catchy subject line, then I want to backwards create an email that would justify whatever subject line that I came up with. Now, I'm going to give you the three ways that I come up with subject lines when I can't think of anything. And guess what? You don't even have to come up with them yourself either. There's three resources that I go to all the time. And yeah, maybe I'll uh, tweak it a little bit here and there. But to come up with really good headlines, there's a few websites out there. One of them is called Headline Smasher. And what it does is it takes like clickbait type subject lines from different different topics and smashes them together. So if you went there, you would see all sorts of crazy subject lines. Um, in fact, let me just pull, let me, let me pull up the this site is, right now and see. This is pretty good. There. I'm really close with my vagina. See, there you go. So <laughs> now, now you got something outrageous like that. These now are pretty, these are, these are pretty great. Pork DNA reportedly found in Martian meteorite. So you take any of these of of these subject lines and come up with a way to justify it. I mean, that's the biggest thing is if you do do an outrageous one like this, you're going to have to have a a good payoff for it. So come up with a creative way for you to justify whatever it is here. So, yeah, uh, let's see. What do we got here? Um, Seven beautiful biscuits to bake for your putrid infant. (laughs) Alf is getting ugly and fat. 
stuff like that. Um, this is pretty good. So yeah, if you're ever at a loss for what your subject line is going to be, go to this site. Um, another thing that you can do is subscribe to dig.com. I don't ever even read their emails or I don't visit their site, but I will just uh, put a little filter for dig in my Gmail and they have some really amazing subject lines that uh, you can just take or tweak it to your own purposes to fit your own niche and then write something that flows from that that would be a good payoff. Um, more on a practical level, if you want to just be straightforward, what you can do is go to any sort of subreddit for the topic at hand. So let's say you're in the fitness niche, you would go to one of the fitness uh, subreddits and just see what's voted up to the top because whatever's been voted up to the top is obviously getting a lot of traction. It's getting a lot of action. It's probably also going to get a lot of action in your e emails as well. So you can use whatever subject lines that niche happens to have that seem to be popular and craft an email that's coming from that subject line. And from there, I find once I've got that idea, then the email itself just kind of flows. And yes, it does take a lot of, of practice. It's one of those things that I know when you are first starting out writing emails and when you're coming up against the daunting task of writing them every day, it could be <laughs> a little bit scary at first, but the more you get in the habit of doing it, the easier it becomes and the more the right kind of words are going to flow. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting how, I remember when I was doing daily emails, I haven't done them in a while, but daily emails was, you sort of get in the, you get some momentum going. And then so every day you are, if every day you wake up and you write an email, you sort of, yeah, you get in the habit of doing it. And then when you sit down, it's not actually that hard to think of ideas and you just start spewing out ridiculous stuff and you find a way to turn it into, uh, into an email. Exactly, exactly. It, it just becomes a habit. It just becomes something that actually is therapeutic. You feel good when you do it. Um, you're able to get out all of those demons and get out all of that angst that you might have and then get out all of those uh, jokes that you want to get rid of or stuff like that. So um, it does, it becomes a really uh, therapeutic, creative um, outlet for you. It becomes one of those. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, okay. So then what about you? When you wake up in the morning, like what does mm -hmm. your day look like? When it, if you, it sounds like you spend a lot of time writing emails. So what does your day look like? Uh, yeah, I mean, basically, it, it is a slow start at first. Um, I'm not much of a morning person. So before my coffee, nothing's happening. Please don't talk to me before that's happened um, or I might blow up. <laughs> but uh, after I get my coffee in me and I'm ready to go and I'm all fired up, I will start writing emails. Um, I will start if I have an idea of what I want to promote and if I have the angle I'll just dive right into it if I need to do a little bit of research or come up with some angle to start pitching whatever it is that I'm pitching then I'll start going through the three sites that I just said right now or I mean another thing that you can do is look at the covers of magazines that are really popular in uh that would be related to your niche. They usually have some good stuff that you can steal from or tweak a little bit. I usually wouldn't say they have great headlines just uh, straight off the cover to your subject line, but they do have some that you can, with a little bit of tweaking, you can use. Um, so then I just start writing emails and honestly, within a couple hours, I'm usually done. Um, if it, it depends on how many, uh, between five and 10. Okay. Okay. And that takes three hours, four hours. 
Yeah, depending. Uh, it's, it's funny because sometimes the emails will just come out of you just naturally and you'll have it done in five minutes. And then other times you just sit there with that blank paper, uh, that blank screen in front of you trying to figure out exactly how to do it or some you uh, get halfway through and you realize this is going nowhere. It's going downhill. It's it's kind of crumbling under its own weight. So you have to start over. But um, no big deal. Um, I usually try to just keep things um, I try to keep the keyboard moving. I try to keep my fingers typing, even if it's a bunch of gibberish. I can then go back later and edit them, though a lot of the times I don't need to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, nice, man. Nice. And then so one thing I wonder about is like what mistakes have you made over the last little <laughs> while? <laughs> what mistakes haven't I made? I've, I've made a lot of them. Um, let's see. Uh, some Now, related to email marketing, I would probably say – uh, first being dogged thinking that people didn't want to be contacted all that much. Um, I did a survey a while ago of my list asking them how much, how often they wanted to be contacted. And what would you guess they would say? Like once every week, once every two weeks, something like that. Yeah, it was pretty much their typical response. And I think if you ask people, that's what they'll tell you. But if you're writing something they enjoy, they're going to want to hear from you a lot more. Yeah. So, um, never really go by what they say, go by what they respond to. That's more going to be a more accurate, um, gauge for you. Um, you'll notice at first when you start, I mean, I was scared at first when I started emailing them daily. I'm like, everybody's going to unsubscribe. I'm going to get so many spam complaints. And honestly, I didn't really get that many. Sure. Was there a period like a birthing pain period where, there were a few more unsubscribes than normal, yes, but uh, it was probably mostly the people that were never going to buy from me anyway, so they needed to get off. And now I've got a more proactive way of getting them off the list than I did back then. But uh, yeah, so thinking that people didn't want to be bothered that much by email was probably my biggest mistake. Okay. So once I, once I fixed that, things really shifted. Nice. Okay. I remember I found that too when I first got into this. When I was just getting started, I it was the same thing. It was like, oh, I was just doing originally. I was just doing what most people do, which is sending every few days or once a week or something like that. Switched to day, uh, daily. It was an it was an autoresponder initially, expecting people to get really annoyed at me. And occasionally there was someone who was like that, but generally, like generally speaking, though, most people were happy about it. And not only that, if they missed a day or if you changed it and skipped a day or something, you'd get people to email. I'd get people to email me saying, "Where's my email?" I didn't get one today. Did something happen? Did you lose it or something like that? Uh, and since I've stopped doing daily emails, I've, I, I even now, I do send emails. I just don't send them as often right now. Um, people, I often get emails from people saying, where, where are my emails? Are you still doing the daily stuff anymore? Or it's like they're sad that they've stopped receiving them. Yeah, yeah. And here's another thing that I, it just occurred to me that I was really dropping the ball on early on that you think that people are going to be pissy if you pitch in all of your emails. I pitch in every email that I send out. I don't really send out any sort of hard content whatsoever. It might, some of it might appear like it is, but it really isn't. Um, they're more entertaining than they are um, actually giving out solid content. I used to be scared to put in a pitch. You know, I just wanted, hey, go check out this free thing. And it kind of reminded me of something that my grandma used to say, why buy the cow when you're getting the milk for free? And it's the same with your email marketing. Why are they going to buy any of your products, if you're giving it every day in your emails, you're giving it away for free anyway. 
So if you have something of value, something that people should want to pay for, that is something that will solve their problems, then you should be pitching it. You should be letting them have that. It's the right thing to do. It's the ethical thing to do. Sell them. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, it's just an interesting thing though actually because I find that like I used to think it was just 100% like that. Um, like it was always like that in every instance. But I actually find that the answer, it's a little bit more nuanced and that sometimes you know, a much more open approach works better. For example, I got an email this morning from Rami Sethi. Uh, which you know, obviously was all on his email list or whatever. So he sends an email out saying he basically wants to make sure that his free information is better than most people's paid information. And so his strategy isn't to send out soft information. His strategy is to send out hard information that's better than what you'll pay for with most other people. And so his strategy is totally different to say what, what you're doing and what Ben Zell and what, I, you know, what I've done in the past. And, so, and he's, he's got a very big business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely he does. So there's this nuanced answer where both strategies can work. And I don't actually, actually know which one's the best, though I think, I think my hunch, because I used to I probably agree with you, but now I'd probably say that my hunch is saying that probably Ramis' approach is the more better approach. and It's going to become more that way as time goes on. You know, I have no idea. I, I know it works for me and what seems to work for others. You know, if, if their free stuff is, is great, you kind of get this idea, well, then their paid stuff is going to be even more great. But the way I th- think of it is kind of a little bit different. It's... I, I would say that I'm putting out more entertainment and I think, all right, here's an example. Right now I could go watch uh, one of Ramit's courses, for example, uh, since you brought him up, it doesn't matter. And I'd probably gain a shit ton from it. I, I would learn so much stuff from it. Or I've got House of Cards season three on Netflix just sitting in my queue that I haven't watched yet, which is more appealing to me right now. Now, I, ultimately the Ramit course would would serve me better, but... In the back of my mind, just like most people, they want to be entertained. Mm. I want to be entertained. So um, the the more tempting thing for me to do right now, now I'm not saying that I always give in to temptation, neither do your customers and potential customers, but I think the value that you're offering when you're offering entertainment, that especially if it comes kind of disguised or not necessarily disguised, but comes mixed in with some some teaching is really offering a value that they can't really get anywhere else. Um, if you could be entertaining, that might just be the most high value thing out there is to be entertaining. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's a good point, man. I think we can chat about this for a long time. So <laughs> be interesting to see what happens over the next five or 10 years and see what happens with the content marketing, which way it goes. But it seems like there's going to be a balance of both or perhaps like the more aggressive sales approach doesn't work for bigger companies, uh, the way it does for a smaller operator. Agreed. I don't. I don't think you, you should just be aggressive in your sales approach. I mean, should you be promoting? Yeah, of course you should. But should you just be doing straight hard pitches in all of your emails? No, no, don't do that. If you do that, then people will unsubscribe, and they should be unsubscribing because that's boring, and it's predictable, and it's really not any fun. Yeah, no, that's true. You gotta mix it up. So we're right on time. Uh, before we go, though. Uh, can you give the listener if, the list, if someone wants to find out where you're, you know, where you're at, what your website is, and maybe they want to buy one of your products, where's the best place for them to do that? Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do one better. I'm going to give you one of my paid products for free for all of your listeners. So what they can do is, if you're listening to this right now, just go to emailmarketingdone.com/slash McIntyre, and 
then you will be able to get the opening volley sequence where I reveal exactly the step-by-step formula for creating that ravenous response from the get-go that I kind of referred to earlier. I'm just going to give you that program, that course for free. So um, just go to that URL that I just mentioned, uh, emailmarketingdone.com slash McIntyre, and let's, it's yours for free. Let's do McMethod. Make it, uh, you know, like McMethod, done, okay. McMethod. Yeah, because a lot of people can't spell McIntyre. That's why I made it, uh, McMethod. Ah, uh, okay. Well, then let's go with McMethod. Emailmarketingdone.com, McMethod. Awesome. Cool. I'll have links to that in the show notes at the McMethod.com. Nick, thanks for coming on the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure to be here. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.